take a moment and pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for sending Christ Jesus, the light of the world, into our lives. We ask that through your word, we come to know him evermore, evermore as the light of the world. So through the power of the Holy Spirit, work in and through us, through your word. This we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So this week, uh, or this past week, I had a number of interesting conversations wanted to share with you. Uh, the first one is, I was at Home Depot getting a quote for a particular project. And when I was at Home Depot, the fellow who was helping me said, nice cross. And you remember we talked about that a couple sermons ago, that being public. And I talked about how it's a blessing. And so that started a conversation about faith. And there we are sitting, and there's even glass in between us, and we're talking about faith. And even though he comes from a different denomination, I said, we are a Bible-believing, Christ-centered church. And he said, that's the way it should be. And he put his hands underneath, and we gave each other a high five. You know, and it was such an engaging conversation that the project became secondary. I mean, it's like, that was like the least thing I really wanted to talk about. We had to curtail it because other people were waiting. Um, but it was not just because we shared something together. It was because we shared Christ Jesus in whom we believe. He was the light in that conversation. Then there was another conversation. Uh, a friend came in and uh, he and his wife in May had gone to Cuba on a missionary trip, so before all the current unrest. But he showed me pictures, and it was abject poverty that he showed me, and the food shortages. It was awful. He showed me pictures of churches that we would consider broken down warehouse type structures. We are living in a cathedral and worshiping in a cathedral compared to what they had. He even relayed how a church, a pastor had a 500 member church and the government came down and literally tore down his church. But he said throughout all of this, the pastors are focusing on Christ Jesus and the kingdom of God. The light of Christ was present there. And then uh, a receptionist at uh, a doctor's office uh, known this receptionist for, I don't know, maybe five, six months, something like that. A new Christian. So I've been, every time I go in, I go and encourage this person. And um, I, I, I gave her the 21-day challenge, which we have on the back, which is simply the Gospel of John. 21 chapters, 21 days, reading the Gospel of John. And uh, then a couple weeks ago, uh, I gave her a, a challenge of reading John chapter 8, verses 48 through 58, where, which is actually just a little bit after our Gospel reading today. And it's where Jesus said, before Abraham was, I am. So when I came in last week, I wasn't going to mention it. I didn't want to pressure her, but she brought it up. I thought, that's good. And she said, I don't quite understand this. So I gave a brief explanation, especially what the I am meant. 
And she was enthused. I mean, she said, oh, the context is really helpful. I want to learn more. So I gave her a, 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 Bible, a study Bible that she could purchase. I mean, in each and every one of these cases, at Home Depot, in Cuba, at the doctor's office, the light of Christ Jesus was present. The light of Christ Jesus was shining. You see, when Christ Jesus is the light of your life, people will see that light. And then you too can bring that light to them, no matter who you meet, no matter where you are. So today we're going to take a look at Christ Jesus, the light of the world, the light of our life. And if you've got a Bible, open it up to Gospel of John chapter 8, and you only have to put your finger on one verse this morning, and that is chapter 8, verse 12, where Jesus said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. That is the one verse we are going to focus on this morning because it is a very, very rich verse. And it is worthy of the time that we spend on this one verse. So what's the context here? Jesus says, I am the light of the world. Well, the context is that Jesus and his disciples had gone to Jerusalem for the Feast of Booths. And by the way, there are sermon notes on the back tables. If you need some sermon notes, would like some, please raise your hand and we'll get some to you. So it's the Feast of Tabernacles, the Feast of Tents, or also known as Booths. This is one of the feasts that God commanded in the Old Testament that the nation of Israel should follow. So it was the one commandment in which all the men were to go to Jerusalem, to the temple. And a lot of the women, the families came with them. So this was a big feast. This was a big gathering. And they would put up small tents or booths made out of palm branches oftentimes. And it was one of those feasts in which God commanded the people to rejoice. They were to rejoice because they were to remember what God had provided them, His faithfulness, His provision as they went through the desert. So this is the context for when Jesus was at the temple with His disciples. But there's more to this. There was something called the illumination of the temple. So the illumination of the temple involved lighting four big oil-filled lampstands, menorahs. So the seven candles, they were filled with oil. And according to one source, they were, they were at least 75 feet tall. Now, I don't know if the menorahs were that big, but they were at least that high. They were big, and they literally lit up all of the temple. You can see from the picture there that how bright it is. You could see this the Temple of Jerusalem, for miles. Why did they do that? They did that because they were remembering how God had been faithful to them with the pillar of fire as they went during the Exodus. 
Okay, so you got the temple picture, right? Put that in your mind. Now, let's go actually to Exodus. In Exodus, it says, And the Lord went before them by day in a pillar of cloud to lead them along the way, and by night in a pillar of fire to give them light that they might travel by day and by night. So the situation was here in this particular section of Exodus is that they had left Egypt. The Pharaoh had finally said that they could go after the ten plagues. But they were going into the wilderness. Death was literally behind them. The unknown was before them. So God guided them by cloud by day, by fire by night. Now, doesn't that picture look a little bit like the temple? All lit up. You see, God manifested His power and glory in the pillar of fire. And in that pillar of fire, in His glory, it's called a theophany. Big fancy word. What it means is that God broke into their world. God manifested His power and His glory for the people to lead them to safety, to lead them from death to life. That is what He did. God had done that with Abraham, manifested His power and glory with Abraham, with Jacob, with Moses, and the burning bush, and now with the people of Israel who faced certain death with Pharaoh, going into the uncertainty of the wilderness, God manifested Himself from darkness to light. And I am willing to bet that each one of you have had some experience of darkness to light, of God breaking into your lives in some way, shape, or form that you might have said, only but the, by the grace of God have I survived this. That there has been healing. That there's been a movement of the Spirit in your lives. I mean, for me, I, there were, there's been a couple times. One just moved to tears by the love of God. I just felt the presence of God. And I was moved to tears. I couldn't stop crying. One woman took pity on me and gave me her handkerchief. And I blew my nose and everything. I still have that. I've kept that all these years. Another time when it felt more like a rebuke, God broke in, but it was still grace, and I recognize it as grace. God breaks into your lives, and those moments in your life, they're seared into your memory, right? They're seared into you. For some people who have been of no faith and come to faith, God has broken in so powerfully, they say, I have seen the light. And they don't mean it in the cheap manner that so many people say that nowadays. They literally have seen the light of Christ Jesus. It's seared in their memory. You see, this, this is what the Israelites were celebrating. It was seared into the national consciousness of Israel that God had broken in to their lives. That He had provided light where there was only darkness. That He had provided life rather than death. 
the festival was a reminder that God also had promised to send the Messiah to be the light to a sin-darkened world. This is what they had when that temple was lit up. They were celebrating what God had provided and the promise that God would provide a Messiah to be their light. And into all of this, Jesus says, I am the light of the world. Think of the impact that would have had on the people who were in the temple. Who, in their mind, had been seared about the pillar of fire. And now the light's in the temple. And God's promise of the Messiah. Of parents telling their children. Of grandchildren asking their grandparents. What will the Messiah be like? And the grandparents will say, He will be our light. And now, Jesus says, I am the light of the world. I am the light of the world. Any Orthodox Jew would have known exactly what Jesus was talking about when He said that. He said, I am. Many of you know from past messages and teaching that when you see Lord in the Old Testament, it stands for Yahweh, which is I am. The holy, sacred name of God. And Jesus says, I am in that same manner. And it is emphatic. It speaks to His deity. It speaks that He is God. He is Yahweh. It also speaks to that He is self-existent, that there's no beginning or end. I am. It speaks that He and He alone is the light of the world. He says, I am the light of the world. That means that it is Jesus and Him alone and there is no other. I am. I am the light of the world is a messianic declaration. What does a messianic declaration mean? It means that what God foretold of the, of the coming of the Messiah has been fulfilled in Him. See, the Jews would have known that too. In Isaiah, there's a number of them in Isaiah. I've listed them here. They're on the sermon notes. Isaiah chapter 9, 42, 49, 60. Let's just take a look at one of them. Isaiah 42. I'm going to read verses 5 through 9. Thus says the Lord, thus says God the Lord, the Lord in all caps, I am. Thus says God the Lord who created the heavens and stretched them out, who spread out the earth and what comes from it, who gives breath to the people on it and the spirit to those who walk in it, I am the Lord. I have called you in righteousness. I will take you by the hand and keep you. I will give you as a covenant for the people, a light for the nations, to open the eyes that are blind, to bring out the prisoners from the dungeon, for from the prison those who sit in darkness. I am the Lord, that is my name. My glory I give no other, nor my praise to carved idols. Behold, the former things have come to pass, and new things I now declare. 
Before they spring forth, I tell you of them. It begins with God, the great I Am, who is sovereign, who created everything, the heavens and the earth. He says He is bringing a servant, a righteous servant to the nations. He makes a solemn declaration, a covenant, that if they are in darkness, they will be in light with this servant. You see, the nation of Israel knew the promises in Isaiah. And they were waiting for the Messiah to come. And now Jesus at that festival says, I am that light that was prophesied. I'm not a reflection of that light. I am the very source of that light. I am the light that will open the blind. I am the light that will bring people out of prison. I, will, I am the light that will bring people out of bondage to sin to freedom in me. I am given to you as a covenant and it is the eternal covenant. I am the eternal light of life. I am the light of the world. Not just of the nation, but of the world. You see, Jesus is a source of the light for the deepest, darkest, sin-stained parts of the world. Not just for Israel, but for the world. Look, I've talked about this many times. The persecution of Christians throughout the world is immense. In Cuba, in China, in Iran. But you know what? As much as people try to squash that light, to put out that light, it still shines brightly. In fact, Christianity in Iran is growing at bounds that people never even considered before. Numerous articles have been written about this. Here's one. Against all odds, Christianity continues to see massive gains in the Islamic Republic of Iran. Islamic clerics are warning against the spread of Christianity. House churches are routinely targeted by authorities, and conversion to Christianity is actually viewed as an action against national security in parts of the country. And yet, it is growing. It is growing in China as well, where they are doing some of the very same things. And why is it growing? Because where there is light of Christ Jesus, there's hope. Where there is the light of Christ, there is hope. He is the light of the world and He is your light. Your light. He is the light for you if you are walking in darkness, there is hope. If you are enmeshed in addiction, there is freedom from addiction. For those who are caught in abusive relationships, there is the healing of Christ Jesus. For those who are in despair, Jesus is your strength. For those who are grieving, 
He is your comfort for those who are lost. He is your light and your way and your truth. Jesus is the light of the world. He is your light as well. And he says this to each and every one. I'm the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Again, you know what it is to experience darkness versus light and the difference between the two. Let me give you an example. Something I think you can all relate to. A bonfire. So back in Minnesota, during the fall, it actually gets cool. <laughs> and here I think it's like January, right? But you could have a bonfire. And you'd be sitting around this big fire. But by the way, doesn't that almost look like the pillar of fire in the desert? But you're sitting around this fire. And of course, I'm toasting marshmallows. I don't know about you, but I'm a, I'm, I'm a marshmallow master, you know. And you've you got to get them just toasty brown on the outside and all mush. Okay. There are snacks afterwards for those who just got hungry. But you know, you're sitting there and you're enjoying the fellowship with one another. You're enjoying the warmth of the light. There's joy in your heart. And then nature calls. And so you got to leave the group for a while. And you didn't bring your flashlight, so you got to go down the path. And it's a little ways down the path where the outhouse is. And so you go down the path, and you get pretty far away from the light. You can't even see the light anymore. Then you turn a corner, you can't hear anybody else. All of a sudden, you went from the warmth and light and joy, and now you're in utter darkness. And you hear a crack thump! Squirrel? Deer? Bear? All of a sudden, your heart starts to beat a little faster, and you're afraid. All of a sudden, you might even be scared for your life. You know that you're not that far away, but all of a sudden, there's like darkness envelops you. You understand something like that, right? Around the light, there's joy, there's fellowship, there's love. And away from the light, there's darkness, there's fear, death. We talk about that on the physical aspect, but it's the same thing with our spiritual lives as well. See, what Jesus says is that we are to follow Him. One commentator put it like this, like the pillar in the desert, Jesus, as the light of the world, must be followed. So what does it mean to follow Jesus? Well, to follow Jesus means that you are led by Him. You're not leading Him. He is leading you in your life. See, to follow Jesus means that you must know who He is. So, last week we had confirmation, right? And the confirmands had some questions that they had to answer. Who is Jesus? Why did He come? What does salvation mean? What is grace? Each one of you should be able to answer those questions as well. Maybe not necessarily up at a microphone, but you should be able to answer it with your friends, your family, maybe somebody you meet at Home Depot. Who is Jesus? To follow Jesus, to be led by Him, is to know who He is. To be able to answer to people that He is the light. And what does the light mean? 
The light means that I was in sin. And Christ Jesus took all of that sin and on the cross, He paid the price for my sin. He died and rose again. And by faith in Him, I have eternal life with Him. He is the eternal light and I will be with Him. He is the light of my life. You should be able to know Jesus in that manner. What does it mean to follow Him? It means you're willing to deny yourself to take up your cross and follow Him. This is a tough one. Because to deny yourself is to deny the sinful nature that still wants to veer you off the path of life. Of His life and light. That is interested more in the world than in Christ Jesus. You see, to deny yourself is actually at the center of Christianity. To be a new creation in Christ Jesus. To deny yourself and to take up your cross, and that means that you're willing to die to your old self and live unto Him. It's an absolute surrender. And here's the thing. You can't walk in darkness and expect to have the joy of Christ Jesus in your life. Our reading from 1 John says this, that, we, that which we have seen and heard we proclaim also to you so that you too may have fellowship with us. And indeed our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. And we are writing these things so that our joy may be complete. This is the message we have heard from Him and proclaim to you that God is light. And in Him there is no darkness at all. If we say we have fellowship with Him while we walk in darkness, we lie and we do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light, as He is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, His Son, cleanses us from all sin. To walk in the light of Christ Jesus is to have fellowship and joy. And that true bond, that true fellowship with other Christians that might pop up at a Home Depot or a fellow who has gone to a missionary trip on, in Cuba or somebody at this receptionist doctor's office. There's a fellowship and there's a joy that is present when you are in the light of Christ Jesus and you are following Him. This is all about Jesus today, who is the light of the world, and He beckons you. I want you to hear this personal invitation. He beckons you to follow Him in His light. Amen? Amen. So here are three questions for you to help you. I, I saw a good thing on Facebook. It said, we must not only highlight verses in our Bible, they must be written in our hearts. Isn't that a good one? So it's not just highlighting John chapter 8, verse 12. It's actually taking it into our hearts. Here's three questions that will help you write it into your heart. How is Jesus the light of the world? To be able to answer that. How is Jesus the light of the world? Is Jesus the light of your life? Not just one of the lights, 
but is He the light of your life? And in what ways are you following Jesus? And for that, we all say amen and hallelujah. All right. 